Up close and personal. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. We're back. Glad you are, too, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Right now, we're in the middle of our chat with lead singer for legendary rock band Styx, Lawrence Gowan. Now, he joined the band in 1999, and we're just discussing what he said when he was asked to join the band. Did you say yes right away? I took an hour because I, you know, when I got the phone call, I remember I said, you know, I just want to go and check my vocal range is the same because I've got to sing those songs. Okay. So I, uh, I went and got on my bike and went down to the record store, grabbed a copy of Grand Illusion, came back home, listened to about three songs and realized, oh yeah, I can hit those notes. So as soon I, as you were comfortable with that, you were comfortable with saying yes? Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, there was some confidence in the fact that I, I did think if they were going to do this, that I would be a a good candidate for it because I had all the background because of my career in Canada I played all the big arenas that Sticks had played okay I really had a career that was you know influenced by progressive rock music you were uniquely yeah. situated yes for it, the was job. One of those, yeah. It, it was one of those situations where you're you know like all the good things in life if you're the right place the right time and the preparation has been done you might just find yourself on a very good day with a very good offer yeah, yeah. the puzzle fits so, yeah. did you know these guys personally before you joined? I did not. We, we did okay. two shows together. One was in Montreal and one was in Quebec City. Uh-huh. And I met them then, after the first show we did, you know, I had a very successful evening and the members of the band were all side stage by the end of my show. And I met them that night and they seemed enthusiastic at that time, that was 1997, okay. about working together in future. And I, I, of course, took it that they meant that they wanted me to do some shows with them on my own. I suppose that's exactly how they meant it at the time, but two years later, when they came to their their ultimate backstage drama, I call it, yeah. they decided that I would be a person that could uh, could step into sticks, and here I am, nearly closing in on 2,000 shows together now, and you know, I would say 16 years, and yeah. audiences just seem to be loving the band as much as ever, and there's an insatiable demand to, uh, to see the group around the world. With the success that Sticks had, do you think it's possible for a highly successful band to not break up or combust or have issues like that? Of course anything's possible like that. Just like, you know, just like people who seem like they're bound for, for divorce and suddenly something happens that, that changes the, the dynamic. But what it means is people have to evolve in tandem. Right. And it, 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 for that to happen, and there has to be all kinds of other factors that come into to bands staying together. Take, for example, I think one of the most amazing examples is, and maybe the only one I can think of, quite frankly, is, is Aerosmith. Okay. And, I mean, we, we did a show with them just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, we're on the same festival they were on, and, uh, yes, I am amazed that those are the same guys, and they somehow have navigated through that, but it's uh-huh. not—it's no secret that they have a lot of trials as well. Issues, you know, sure. They're, they're, I know they've been to band marriage counseling several times. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and that can be successful, yeah. you see. For other people, um, you know, a gender change can be successful. <laughs> it might not for everyone. <laughs> right. You're listening to Lawrence Gowan, lead singer for the multi-platinum selling rock band Styx. You've done two Super Bowl performances. So how are those different from a regular concert? And are there any crazy moments associated with those? Well, the most 
unique factor was that in both instances, there was a big football game that followed our performance. So <laughs> Imagine that. that. <laughs> I suppose that makes them a little bit unique in that regard. They really were exciting to play, you know, the worldwide event. And uh, apart from Sting, we are the only act that has ever played at two Super Bowls. Okay. So that's pretty amazing, it actually. Uh-huh. And you've got a very revved up crowd to begin with. I remember the second one we did, the one in San Diego. Okay. So we were center field, you know, even in the rehearsal, they said, okay, so at this point here, there's going to be a, a very large kind of uh, explosion. Basically, they're flamethrowers going off behind us. And they, they warned all the dancers to get well back of there. And it was funny, though, because they warned all of the dancers and all the marching troops, but as far as the musicians go, they were like, oh, those guys, they've got some sort of flame retardant thing inside of them. They'll be fine. Oh I do remember when those things went off, the back of my, yeah, it, it felt like um, stuck my head in the oven for a few seconds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> were you worried that you were on fire? I was more worried about um, encountering some sort of um, singed hair uh, right. incident that would have yeah. to be looked at kind of like, you know, like on an old Bugs Bunny cartoon. Right. And, uh, <laughs> when Yosemite Sam gets his head blown off. But then five minutes later, he's okay. So I, I, was, I was hopeful. And, and you were fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The initial hit for Styx was Lady, and that was kind of an accidental hit. Yeah. It was on their second album, but when they released their fourth album, there was a radio station in Chicago that, that liked their fourth album, but said, clever program director just said, listen, I still like that song from your second album. And I'm going to start playing it. And so he started playing it, and uh, they suddenly had their first hit, and they really haven't stopped since yeah. then. The only interlude in Sticks history, I think, was from 1983 to 1990, okay. when they took a seven-year break there, I guess, wondering if they were ever going to get back together. And then they did with a different lineup. Tommy Shaw wasn't part of it when they got uh-huh. back together, and then he came back to the band in 95. Okay. The big creative rift, would you say, was between Tommy Shaw and Dennis DeYoung? I wasn't present for that, so I, I can't really say, say. With, with absolute accuracy. Within every band, again, I'll, I'll take a more philosophical look. You know, some of the best things can happen when there's a, a creative friction going on behind the scenes. And in our live shows, and even for both the albums that we've done together, uh-huh. that certainly exists. I think that perhaps because we are more seasoned uh-huh. in our approach to human interactions, we're less likely to be overly melodramatic and, and yeah. jump to the, the, the drama queen. So yeah, rock stars can be drama queens, huh? I suppose they can. <laughs> um, I, uh, speaking of myself, yeah, I, I've had my moments. Yeah. Okay. But, oh, yeah, I, I have medication to mitigate that to, to okay. a certain degree now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I go to my room and do some yoga. Okay. And, good. And, and get out of my system. And then, and then when you're ready to approach things as a, um, as a reasonable human being, you, you might be able to navigate your way around. Uh-huh. Right. We'll get in your lotus pose, take a few deep breaths, and we'll meet you back here in just a second with more from Lawrence Gowan of Sticks. Keep it right here. It's the Mulberry Lane Show.